It is philosophy. Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome back to the Nightside Podcast. My name is John. And despite the intro, it is not Wednesday. It is, in fact, Monday, December 27th. Uh, hopefully, you're having an absolutely amazing day. We are doing a philosophical questions episode today because we're still mixing around the schedule a little bit, just like we're mixing around the intros as we're trying to figure out what works best uh, and how I like it. The deep dive, once again, is still coming. Don't worry about it. It's still coming. Like I See, I say this often when something like this happens. Trust me, it's coming. And tomorrow's actually the day. Like, tomorrow's like actually, actually, like actually, the day is coming. The thing is, like, since I do episodes every single day, it's like that only gives me one day to actually work on the episode for the next day. Um, especially like if I have to like, go to work and stuff like that. And this detail episode is massive. <laughs> it is currently extremely freaking long, and I haven't even, like I'm not even done writing it yet. Um, so I need to finish writing it and then I'm going to, have to go through and cut out like a bunch of stuff, uh, just like shrink this down. But just the way I like doing things is get it all up first, get it all out first, write everything that I want to write, even like things that I, that might be considered to be unnecessary and then go back through, um, and from there cut out stuff that's unnecessary, shrink the episode down. Um, and you'll see tomorrow why the episode is so big and, you know, so long. <laughs> but, but still, um, that is, uh, that is coming tomorrow. Um, for the rest of the week, though, just to get it all out there. So we got the PQ today. We got the deep dive tomorrow. We'll have the movie talk on Wednesday. Um, we will then let me look at the calendars to make sure I didn't screw this up. Um, so yeah, PQ today, movie talk, or deep dive tomorrow, movie talk Wednesday, uh, Thursday, hmm, I didn't plan this out right, <laughs> I, I skipped today, uh, oh, no, 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 maybe not, yeah, yeah, no, 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 we're good, we're good, yeah, Thursday will be the highlights of the podcast from season one and then friday will be the kind of the state of the podcast address but not really going into what season two is going to be like uh the new schedule and all the series that we're gonna have in season two at least as of now um because of course you know in, in my it might change as time passes uh, funnily enough, you know, I did say I wasn't going to do an intro stuff, but we're still going with it anyway. Funnily enough, <clears throat> um, excuse me, it was, uh, like, I just, like, on the phone, uh, with a friend, and, like, she was going through the podcast, like, all the way back from the beginning, and still to this day, I forget that, like, the beginning of the podcast was very, very different than how the podcast is now, and that just goes to show, like, hey, Anything and everything can change, although I highly doubt that the podcast will, like, drastically change like it did this year from what it was at the beginning to what it is now. Now we're kind of at the point of, like, fine-tuning the podcast to just make it 
exactly what I want, I guess. And also sustainable. Sustainability is huge, especially going into this next year and learning from this past year. But we'll get into that on Friday. we get into that stuff. So with that being said, and with the whole new intro uh, trial stuff, that means we have a lot more time for questions. So instead of doing three questions, we may or may not do five questions. I think five is a good number. It depends on how long these questions take, but we'll, we'll keep in the range of three to five questions as we kind of, just this entire thing, essentially this last final week is like a lot of like trial and error stuff, figuring out like how we're going to do things um, going into season two. So just bear with me, you know, you're here with me, we're figuring stuff out, we're getting through it. But like I said, not, not a huge drastic change, it's just like fine tuning changes. Let's get into this. Now, if everything evolved from amoebas, how does the world still have amoebas? Now, this is actually interesting because the argument to evolution is essentially this, where it's like, okay, if humans came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? Like, shouldn't there be monkeys becoming humans, like, every single day and walking out of the zoo? That's not how this works, okay? <laughs> That's absolutely not how this works. How evolution works. Now, once again, as I preface everything scientific, I am not a scientist, all right? I don't have a degree in biology or evolutionary studies or any of that stuff, okay? This is just my pea brain knowledge here. But from the knowledge that I do possess of the topic, it's branches, right? So, for example, you have the whole survival of the fittest type deal. So, as one trait becomes more how would you say, advantageous to possess in the case of survival, then that trait gets passed on because they're the ones that survive, right? But you can also have regional evolution where certain animals traverse to different regions or certain groups of a species traverse to different regions and develop certain traits based off of that region, right? And then they evolve from there in that regional area. So with that being said, that doesn't mean that they're replacing the original species. They are just branching away from the original species to create their own subspecies, right? So simple example, let's say you had Okay, I said simple example, and then I didn't actually have an example in my head. <laughs> okay, let's say... Um, oh, God. Think of something, John. Give me anything. Give me something random. Um, let's say you have a cow, right? And this cow is completely white. Just all white, right? And then you have... Like, and that's like the species. The cows are just completely all white. That's their species, right? They're just completely all white. Then you have uh, 
a couple of cows that were born that were black and white, right? And it works out really well that when they're in temperate climates, that black and white pattern helps absorb and reflect enough light to regulate their body temperature better, right? Now, as that black and white subspecies of cows hangs out in that temperate climate, they will continue to have offspring with black and white patterns. But the all-white cows will still continue to have offspring that are all-white, but in whatever climate they are in. You see what I'm saying? So just because the black and white cow evolved from the all-white cow doesn't mean there will no longer be all-white cows, right? So to get back to this question, just because everything evolved from amoebas does not mean there will no longer be amoebas. It's just that everything else branched off of the amoeba tree. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm not sure if I explained that well enough or if I explained that clearly, even if I explained that correctly, but <laughs> that's essentially, you know what, you know what, a great example would have been the whole monkey example since I did bring that up earlier, but that's literally the exact same thing. Like the human homo sapien would be a branch from, I cannot remember the actual like scientific name for monkeys, but <laughs> it would just be a branch off. It wouldn't be a replacement of the original species. I think that makes sense. I think that's clear enough. And I think that's also correct. So we're going to move on. <laughs> um, is limiting... Oh, we're getting into politics now. Okay. Is limiting immigration to developed countries right? Oh, this sounds like a more of a, a moral political question, if anything. Is limiting immigration to developed countries right? I mean... It depends. So there is this um, phenomenon called brain drain, which is the actual name of the phenomenon or phenomena, phenomenon. Phenomena is the plural of phenomenon, right? I don't freaking know. <laughs> but this is thing called brain drain, right? And that's when really smart, educated people in underdeveloped countries essentially leave that underdeveloped country in mass to a developed country because there's more opportunity in said developed country. And the problem with that is it then leaves the underdeveloped country further and further behind because their smart, educated people aren't staying in the country to help develop the country, instead opting to go to an already developed country where there is opportunity. Um, and so that is... I guess a general problem that has been seen in a lot of um, developing countries, because as the education as, as the education system continues to improve and develop, and people get more educated, if the rest of society doesn't follow along with that and also increase at the same level as the education level increases, you then have the brain drain problem, and so. That is a problem that cannot be solved by limiting immigration necessarily. Because 
I mean, I guess if you do it en masse by limiting immigration across the globe in developed countries, but there would still be, I feel like, enough room for people to escape from underdeveloped countries, or would I even say escape, but emigrate from underdeveloped countries to developed countries, and they can be spread out enough to like not go over the quota of the limitation. The only way to fully prevent that would be to fully stop immigration in developed countries, which would just be wrong, in my opinion. And so, you know, that is like that, you know, the, adding limitations doesn't necessarily solve the brain drain problem. Um, and I think that's like the only problem you could say that could possibly be solved by limitations. Because um, beyond that, limitations cause problems because people tend to emigrate to developed countries, not even, you know, in the brain drain situation, but a lot of times escaping, you know, civil war, just war in general, religious persecution, in search of religious freedom, uh, in search of better opportunity for themselves, in search of job opportunities, uh, in, in search of a lot of different things. There are a lot of different reasons as to why people emigrate from a country. And if you put limitations or quotas on how many people you're willing to accept, you are then condemning people to be stuck in their shady situation, right? Because let's say your country has hit the quota for the year and other countries as well as hit their quota for the year and there's people now stuck in those countries dealing with those problems and those, whether it be, you know, uh, war or famine or, or just lack of opportunity, they're now stuck there with no other option uh, of anywhere to go, right? And so, I would I would personally argue that limiting immigration to developed countries isn't right, right? I believe that the way it is done, the way it is handled currently right now, is also not right. Um, like there should be a better system in place to handle all of this stuff. Um, there should be actual statutes uh, that don't limit or inhibit the ability of people to immigrate to places or emigrate to places, but instead have laws and policies in place to assist uh, in said immigration and actually get people established uh, and help people become a part of society. Right to help people actually become a part of the new society in the new country that they're going to, um, and sure, are there problems with that in terms of like resources, natural resources, things like that? Yeah, I mean, and that's why I say it should be right reg- regulated, not in the sense of like numbers, but in the sense of like policies and laws and um, just systems in place. To just keep things flowing smoothly, right? Because you know there 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 are ways to to handle the situation better, I think, than the way that we're currently handling it. I'm talking in terms of America, 
Um, but also in a lot of other countries around the world, there are better ways to handle what's going on. But a big problem is that the divide between both sides of the government don't allow any doesn't allow for anything to actually get done on the topic or on the matter. Uh, because you got one side that is heavily against, one side that's heavily for. Although I guess you could say, you know, one side's heavily against like illegal immigration. Um, but one could also argue that illegal immigration is only a problem because it's like impossible to do it legally, or it's difficult to do it legally. So they have to resort to illegal terms. And that's why I say if you have policies in place, you have systems in place to allow this to happen, that solves both problems, does it not? Now you 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 lower the illegal immigration because you have given a clear-cut path to legal immigration and thus also are allowing immigrants. So it kind of appeases both sides. I mean, of course, there's probably a bunch of stuff in there that like I don't understand. You know, I'm not a part of the government, but logically, at least, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I guess final answer on is limiting immigration to developed countries right? I would argue not necessarily. There's a lot of nuance to that to that answer to that question, um, but I would argue not necessarily. Um, have I done this one before? I don't think so. The structure of DNA appears to be intelligently designed. What are the implications? I see what you're getting at here, Mr. Proctor, Mr. Question Proctor. Um, what that implies is that we live in the matrix, okay? So, <laughs> your DNA is hard-coded. Um, have fun dealing with that knowledge. Like, you're just, honestly, you're just a number on a screen that someone is observing in a simulation to see how the world's gonna end. <laughs> um, but yet, I mean, the thing is, nature is random. And within that randomness is a chance of order, right? Uh, so, while you could say DNA appears to be intel- intelligently designed... You could also make the argument that it was randomly designed and we just assigned it to be intelligent because it makes sense, because it worked. Nature goes through a lot of trial and error, a lot and a lot of trial and error. It creates things randomly. It hopes they work. Whoa, that sounded weird coming out. It hopes they work. It hopes it It hopes they works. It hopes they work. It hopes they work. <laughs> And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And something new gets created. And if it does, it does. So, like, we don't know how many attempts there were at DNA being created naturally by nature. We just know that this is the one that worked. Because that's the one that created us. Right? And so, from there, you can make the argument that it wasn't intelligently designed it was just randomly created. And from that randomness came the order that is our DNA structure. And we call it intelligent because it's the one that worked. 
So like I can randomly type a bunch of stuff and within I just randomly slap the keyboard, right? And within there, there'll probably be words, right? Because it's all random. And would you say that that's intelligent, right? That the words randomly popped up in there? Or is, was that intelligently pl- placed there? Or was it purposely typed there? No, it, it was still just random. And there's just there's just that chance that it creates an actual word. And so that doesn't actually mean anything. It just means that there was a word. And the only reason this actually works out pretty well, the only reason we know that it's a word is because we have already assigned that group of letters to mean something, right? Now, we could assign any group of letters to actually mean anything and call that a word. And therefore, you could then call anything, you know, intelligently made in that context of like slapping a keyboard, right? Let's say we could say that QWSD is a word. I don't know. It could be quizzed. It was the past tense of quiz, you know, because the what the B is Z, but quist, whatever. You get it. You get what I'm getting at, <laughs> you know. And so, like in that random jumble of letters, you can might see a QWSD, but because in our timeline that isn't an actual word, it's just random letters. But in a different timeline, let's say that, that was an actual word. Well, then there is. It's a word, right? Same thing in this situation. Is that in our timeline, this structure of DNA has created us. In our timeline, this structure of DNA might not have created humanity or created anything, right? And so we we say it's intelligent just because it worked. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, Nothing higher, nothing lower, I guess. Hey, bars. (laughs) All right, let's... uh, Let's, uh, let's let's go with this one. Is mind or matter more real? Mind over matter, no. Is mind or matter more real? Isn't uh, isn't mind made of matter? I think I'm taking this question a little bit too literal. <laughs> uh, because I'm pretty sure they mean like mind is in thought, as in feelings and emotion. That mind. Uh, matter is the realest thing you can get. I think we can leave it at that. It doesn't get any more real than matter. Because matter is physical, it's tangible, it's touchable. I can't touch your thoughts. I can't touch your ideas. I can't touch your emotions. You can display your emotions. You can display your ideas. You can display your thoughts. In order to do that, you have to use matter. Whether that be through... The manipulation of matter, that is your face, to express an emotion, or using a marker or a pencil, which is matter, to write uh, your thoughts down, or things like that, to write your ideas down. So, there is nothing more real than matter. So, I think that kind of just, like, answers it right there. I mean, you could then ask the question, okay, well, how real even is an idea how real is even is a thought you know i don't know (laughs) i mean if you really want to get down to it like all of those are just electrical impulses in your brain anyway so technically all those things are also made up of matter so like (laughs) matter is the root 
of all matter is in fact the root of all evil because it is um that was a quick easy one i was thinking we're gonna end on four because we're already going but we'll go with five here we go i think i've done this one before at least i've touched on this subject before who does i've definitely done one before we'll do it again anyway because <laughs> i'm not a hundred percent sure but like cause i'm pretty sure i've talked about this in like other topics before but who decides what morality is? Um, and the answer to that is whoever said it first. That's pretty much it. And yeah, because I've talked about this in, in before I answered another question in past episodes. Um, the only reason what we call right is right and what we call wrong is wrong is because someone way, way back in the day said so. And from there, it just became standard. And that's all that morals are. It's just the standard law, I guess you could say. Um, And so, killing people is bad because someone said killing people was bad. And you're going to, like, the thing about it is, like, right now, you're going to say, oh, yeah, well, killing, of course, is bad because who are you to take a life? Well, I mean, the only reason why you think that is because you already in the pretense that killing is bad. I'm not saying I'm a murderer. Nor am I saying that killing is a good idea, but like, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, it's things like that, you know, like it was just, it was decided and it was accepted. And from there it was passed down and passed on to us and generation after generation after generation has continued under the same moral structure of what is right and what is wrong based off of what has been dictated for the hundreds and thousands of years in the past. Now, from there, you have morals from religion, religious morals, uh, like the basic morality of, you know, being in religion and what that holy person has said uh, is right and is wrong. But really... Who decides what morality is? It's just whoever says it. Whoever says it, and then if it gets generally accepted by the population and is passed down from generation to generation, well, they're the ones who decide what morality is. And at this point, we're too late in the timeline to really change much of that. It's already been established what is right and what is wrong on the most basic fundamental level. And we can't change that. Our laws are based around that. Your laws are literally based off of morality. Like, <laughs> that that's the whole point. So, you know, it's too late for any of that stuff to be changed. And perhaps one could argue that it's good that way. But perhaps one could also argue that you think that it's good that way because you already accept it. You know? It's like the whole concept of, like, the alphabet doesn't have to be in the order that it is, but it is. Like, we can't think of the alphabet in a different order because we've been trained and it's ingrained for A to come after B and C to follow and D after that. It doesn't have to be that way by any means, but it's been generally accepted to flow in that pattern and it has been for centuries so therefore, that is the order of the alphabet. 
There is no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, that's the way it is. It was dictated centuries ago. It was generally accepted. It was passed on for generations. So that is the standard. That's essentially morality. It's dictated centuries ago. Generally accepted. Passed on for generations. And that is the standard. You can't undo it. Can't change it. It just it just is as is. So who decides what morality is? Whoever, whoever just says it, heard it first, and gets it generally accepted. Thus, is our morality. But with that, we'll wrap it up here. It's still a, a, almost a thirty minute episode. That's pretty solid. A lot of questions. Thirty minutes had a, a short question in there, so it probably could have gone even a little bit longer. We had a long question in there, so yeah, I like the structure. I like the structure. I like getting more questions in. Uh, I like also being able to go more in depth on the questions. That's the whole point of the new episode structure is be able to go more in depth on topics I'm talking about in the episode. So I think that works out pretty great. But if you like this episode, go <laughs> to the podcast, give it a like, get a follow, get ready, all that good jazz. Let me know what you like. I'm not sure I said this before, but Spotify now allows you to rate and favorite podcast because they didn't know that before, surprisingly. But hey, now you can. Um, but if you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things. And you want to be a good friend, so give your friend a good thing. If you want to find social media, it is at Galahad on the IGs. And as always, 8 a.m. Eastern, same time, same place, every single day, baby. You already know what it is. Four more days till the new year. Don't forget, drink plenty of water, stay hella hydrated, and I will see you tomorrow.